Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is Don Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, your exclusive home for Columbus sports. Everything Columbus State, River Dragons, Chattahoots, Rapids, and the Columbus Lions. I'm your host, Richard Holdridge. It's Friday. Getting ready for the weekend. Getting ready to go on Christmas break. I am excited. This is my 270th episode. This is a big milestone for me. I know that I've approached two years almost. So the thing is, why did I start this podcast? Well, many of you know that I auditioned for a contest at a local radio station here in Columbus to be the next host of Sports Unleashed 95.7 ESPN Radio. I had two auditions, one in January of 2020 and one in February of 2020 competing with other sports broadcasters. And it was fun. I had a great time. Um, Really the first time on the air in over 20 years. I did the broadcasting thing when I was in college. Then I joined the military and deployed a couple times. And I was doing broadcasting in the military. But the sports broadcasting didn't really take off until... I mean, I had a YouTube channel. I was just having fun with it. And then... I decided when I got on the air at 95.7 ESPN Radio that this is fun. I like to do this every day. Even though the pandemic happened and they shut down the station and they never made a decision on who is going to be the next host, I decided to do a podcast because I was a guest on somebody's podcast and they introduced me on how to do a podcast. And 270 episodes later and almost two years, I enjoy doing what I do. And I'm still trying to grow my audience. This podcast really took off. I had more listeners than I ever had. And then once the pandemic happened and we didn't have sports for three months, the podcast took a nosedive. Now I'm trying to get my podcast back and I'm doing other things. And I credit the podcast for allowing me to be the public address announcer for Russell County and the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Rapids. So I am blessed and I'm also having guests on the podcast. And I have two guests next week. More are coming. I've already talked to several people that has shown interest in being a guest on my podcast. My goal is to have one guest on per week. If I can get two guests on per week, that's even better. But I will be flexible when it comes to time because I know that all you that want to be guests or have been guests before, your time is precious. So I'm flexible. I'll work with you. But yeah, let's get some more guests on. Let's get this podcast growing. I used to live in Atlanta. I used to live in Memphis. I used to live in Sacramento. Columbus is the smallest city I've ever lived in. I want to take over Columbus and be one of the biggest sports personalities. I've had a long background in broadcasting. I'm really living the dream, and I'm really blessed. Happy to be here on this Friday as we have got a jam-packed show. Going to talk about that walk-off win by the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Los Angeles Chargers in overtime. A huge upset in women's college basketball 
as the Georgia Bulldogs take down the number two ranked team in the country as Georgia beats NC State 82-80. The biggest win in the program since 2004. And I'll make my NFL picks later today. Alright, before I start this show, very successful day last night as the premiere of the show that I do for the Rapids, Off the Walls, premiered on the Columbus Rapids YouTube channel. Quite the buzz, a pretty good show, and I'm excited about this season. The opener will be December 26th against the Memphis Americans, and that will be up in Memphis. And you can watch that game on the Memphis Americans YouTube channel. So Monday's show of Off the Wall will premiere at El Carrizo Restaurant in Columbus on December 27th. And that will be a recap of the Americans game and the preview of the home opener December 30th at the Columbus Civic Center. The buzz around town is really big for the Rapids. They're doing a lot of great things in the community. And the city of Columbus so far has supported the Rapids. And hopefully we have a very good showing for the home opener. And I am excited. All right, let's get right into the show. So the Thursday night football game last night, the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Los Angeles Chargers 34-28 in overtime. I looked at this game and saw that you know, Justin Herbert had a pretty decent game. Head coach Brandon Staley a little aggressive in that first half, going for it twice on fourth and goal. And you're up 14-10, to and you go for it. I know that he's trying to put the game away because the Chiefs are going to get the ball to start the second half. Kick the field goal there. Make it 17-10. to Make it to where if the Chiefs score a touchdown, they can only tie it. And then when the Chiefs get the field goal in the second half, he goes for it again on fourth down. Then they had a 12-play, 97-yard drive that started at their one-yard line. On third and goal, they run the football. It gets recovered by the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a perfect game. He threw a pick, and the Chargers were able to capitalize and go up 21-13. And then when the Chargers had a 28-21 lead, and the Chiefs marched all the way down to the field, Travis Kelsey scored that game-tying touchdown with a minute 16 left to go. This is Justin Herbert's time to shine. you got a minute 16 left to go. You need to move the ball down the field to try to kick the game-winning field goal. And there was a couple of penalties. He could not get the ball down the field. He got it all the way to his own 44-yard line with 42 seconds left to go, and he could not get the job done. So he punts it back to Kansas City. The Chiefs win the toss in overtime, and Patrick Mahomes with the walk-off touchdown to Travis Kelsey, the 34-yard pass, and the Kansas City Chiefs are now 10-4. and They currently have the number one seed in the AFC, and the Chargers are still in playoff contention at 8-6. and but it was a lesson learned on a primetime game. Patrick Mahomes is still the man. Andy Reid is still an elite head coach. And the Kansas City Chiefs look like the favorites to represent the AFC once again in the Super Bowl. This winning streak is insane. They've had seven straight wins. And they are doing it with their defense. Getting Chris Jones back was huge. They have a very underrated defense led by defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola. The Los Angeles Chargers, they've had a good season so far. Brandon Staley has been a good coach, but it's a learning process. Okay, so the fallout from Urban Meyer getting fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's carrying over to today because I'm hearing reports about 
just what a terrible person Urban Meyer is. And I know that when you have all the power in college, see, Urban Meyer has got a big ego, and he wants control, and he's manipulative. And I'm hearing all these reports about how he just could not get along with the players, the fallout with Tim Tebow, the bar incident in Columbus, Ohio, and then kicking Josh Lambeau was the final straw, and the owner of the Jaguars said, enough is enough, you're gone. I said on the show yesterday, will Urban Meyer get a shot at coaching college again? He is, behind Nick Saban, one of the best college football coaches of all time. He's got three national championships, two with Florida, one with Ohio State. I see him taking a year off, becoming an analyst at Fox, because he's still a very good analyst. And I see him taking the Georgia Tech job because Jeff Collins is going to be fired by next season. Georgia Tech's going to give Jeff Collins one more year. I think Georgia Tech calls Urban Meyer. It's really a rehabilitative assignment because it's it's an ACC school, but this is a team that gets overshadowed by being in the city of Atlanta. They get out-recruited by Georgia in the state. I think this would be the appropriate move for Urban Meyer to take a job like Georgia Tech. Now, could he coach somewhere else? like at UAB or Middle Tennessee State or Memphis, ideally that should be the right move where he does not go to a Power 5 school. But I think Georgia Tech would be the perfect fit. He already knows the South. He's recruited in the South. And the Georgia Tech fan base and the athletic director, they're very patient. Time's running out on Jeff Collins. Three wins every year is not going to cut it at Georgia Tech. The standards at Georgia Tech is seven to eight wins in a bowl game. I'm not saying he's going to accept the job at Georgia Tech, but if it opens up, that would be the perfect fit for Urban Meyer. Now, I ran a poll yesterday on my Twitter page. Who will be the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? And it is a tie between Byron Leftwich, John Gruden, and Jim Harbaugh. Really? Nobody voted for Eric Bieniemy. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's long overdue to be a head coach, and he was the hot coordinator last year should have got the head coach for the Houston Texans I mean come on but Byron Leftwich played at Jacksonville the image that I see when Byron Leftwich was at Marshall University he threw that touchdown and he injured his foot and he had his teammates carry him as they moved the ball down the field that just shows what a selfless person Byron Leftwich is and how he is a team player That trait carries over to his coaching abilities. We had a big upset in women's college basketball last night as the Georgia Bulldogs, 9-1 on the year, take down the number 2 ranked team in the country, the NC State Wolfpack. This was the biggest win for the Georgia Lady Bulldogs since 2004, and Georgia ranked 17th in the country, are looking really good this year, so congratulations to the Lady Bulldogs. They've had a rich tradition in the 80s and 90s led by Andy Landers. He is a Hall of Fame head coach, and now they are led by Joni Taylor. She replaced the Hall of Famer Andy Landers prior to the 2015-2016 season. Has had some pretty good records for the Lady Bulldogs, but the standard is getting to the NCAA tournament and making a run. That's a big win for the program. Last night in the National Basketball Association, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Philadelphia 76ers 114-105 as Kevin Durant wills his way to victory, dropping 34 points, 
Brooklyn is now 21-6. and They're doing this without Kyrie Irving, which is incredible. That means you can have two superstars and still win in this league. The Sixers, Joel Embiid had 32 points. Seth Curry had 29. If there's a flaw on this Brooklyn Nets team is that they don't play defense. But why not get Thibel, who did a great job on Steph Curry the night before, why not get him on Kevin Durant? But Kevin Durant might be right now the best player in the NBA. And I know LeBron is 37 years old. Really, he's not the best player in the NBA at this moment. He is the greatest NBA player in the last 20 years. There's still debate whether or not LeBron is better than Jordan. Their games are different. But Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA right now. And he's also the best closer. And he's able to close out these games. And Brooklyn holds on to the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And that is going to be important, especially with Milwaukee behind them as the number two team in the Eastern Conference. Remember, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant's foot on the line, Brooklyn may have advanced to the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think the Hawks would have had a lot of trouble with Brooklyn. It, I think Brooklyn would have been in the NBA Finals. Not sure if they would have won it, but they would be in the NBA Finals if, if it wasn't for Kevin Durant's foot on the line. Other scores in the NBA, the Indiana Pacers beating the Pistons, the battle of two rookies, Chris Duarte and Cade Cunningham, both candidates for Rookie of the Year. The New York Knicks get back to the win column, 116-103 against Houston, as Emmanuel quickly hits seven three-pointers as the shorthanded Knicks beat the Rockets. And then the Phoenix Suns, they are now tied with the best record in the Western Conference by beating the Washington Wizards, 118-98. to And of course, the Bulls-Raptors game was postponed because the outbreak that the Chicago Bulls have due to COVID. The Atlanta Hawks taking on the Denver Nuggets tonight at State Farm Arena. Atlanta is 14-14 on the season. They're going to be without Bogdan Bogdanovich and DeAndre Hunter. They've already lost to the Denver Nuggets earlier this season. The Nuggets are going for the season sweep. The Nuggets are also 14-14. They're Kind of having a disappointing year. But let me ask you this. The Hawks started off slow last year. And then they picked the pace up and they got into the playoffs as a fifth seed. Don't overlook the fact that the Hawks got off to a slow start. They fired Lloyd Pierce. But now they have Nate McMillan. He is the guy. Can they turn it around? Especially with a Congru possibly coming back. DeAndre Hunter is going to come back from injury. They'll get Bogdan Boganovich. I'm just disappointed they're not playing Jalen Johnson and Sharif Cooper more because these were two draft picks that I thought were going to contribute to this team and play valuable minutes for the Hawks. But that's not the case. They're going back to the G League, and they're trying to develop more. Maybe there's plans in the future to get them involved. Just a reminder that this afternoon – The Columbus State Cougars will travel up to South Carolina to take on Lander University. The Cougars come into this game 8-1, and they're taking on their first Peach Belt Conference opener against Lander. Tip-off will be at 3.30. Up in Greenwood, South Carolina, and as always, you can catch the radio broadcast on 88.5, and Scott Miller will give you the play-by-play. For both the Lady Cougars and the Cougars, the Lady Cougars last night defeated Anderson 99-53. to And the Lady Cougars are 6-3 on the season. Journey Smith led the way with 18 points and 10 rebounds. And the Lady Cougars will face Lander University this Friday 
at 1.30 p.m. So both the Cougars and Lady Cougars will travel up to Lander University to have a doubleheader. And as always, you can hear play-by-play with longtime play-by-play analyst Scott Miller, the Georgia Hall of Fame inductee Scott Miller. Quite an honor. But Journey Smith is the top leading scorer for the Lady Cougars. As they get into the Peach Belt play, I want to see how these strong teams in the Peach Belt can match up with both the Cougars and Lady Cougars. I'm really looking forward to seeing them on Monday. They will play Augusta University. Augusta University for the men is ranked 8th in the country, and they are 9-0. and That is going to be an exciting game, and I cannot wait. you got LaGrange College that is taking on Birmingham Southern this weekend as well. The Columbus River Dragons are playing a road game tonight against the Carolina Thunderbirds, and then they will travel back to the Civic Center to take on the same Carolina Thunderbirds Saturday night at the Civic Center. The River Dragons are on a four-game winning streak. They are currently in third place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. I was just impressed with the River Dragons' performance last weekend against the Beamington Black Bears, and they currently stand in the standings in the Federal Prospects Hockey League in third place with the record of 7-5-2. and two. That's two overtime games that they have won. Looking at your leading goal scorers for the River Dragons, no surprise, Austin Day leads the way with 20 points. He's got 11 goals on the season. Your leading assist leader is Josh Pieter Antonio with 13 assists. He also has seven goals on the season. And you got MJ Graham with 16 points. He's got 11 assists, five goals. Hunter Berzani with 13 points. And Jay Krupp with 13 points as well. Good luck to the River Dragons this year. I'm looking forward to coming out to a game. I'm looking forward to the Columbus Rapids sharing the Civic Center with the River Dragons. What's funny is we have a game on the 30th. And then the River Dragons have a game on the 31st. So I was told that the ice stays there at all times. So we're moving that soccer field on top of the ice. It's pretty cool. The NFL Week 14, and I'm not going to predict the score or anything. I'm just going to tell you what I think. Starting with the Las Vegas Raiders, 6-7, taking on the Cleveland Browns, who are 7-6. The Browns are favored by one, but they're going to be without Baker Mayfield and head coach Kevin Stefanski because they are out due to COVID. I still think the Browns are a talented enough team with Case Keenum and Nick Chubb that they have the pieces in place that can beat the Raiders. The Raiders are a mess. Ever since John Gruden got fired, the Raiders had one good game where they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and after that, it's been duds. I think Cleveland wins this game because they're a better team. I think that Cleveland wins this game because they are the better team. And Cleveland is still trying to get into the playoffs. And they're one of those teams that all the pressure is on the Browns to get into the playoffs. So I think Cleveland wins. This game, the New England Patriots taking on the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. I think the Patriots lose here. I think that Indianapolis has the ingredients to beat the Patriots at their own game. They're playing in a dome on turf, and the Patriots are going to be on the road. Patriots right now are the hottest team in football. They have not lost a game since. They have won seven in a row. The last time they lost a game was to the Cowboys in overtime in Foxborough. 
as they started 2-4. and four. But if you look at all the games they rattled off, last week was the game they should have lost. They were playing Buffalo in Buffalo. The Patriots do two things very well. They play hard, physical defense, and they run the football. Mac Jones does not have to do much. But the Indianapolis Colts, who right now are in position to make the playoffs, beat the Texans last week, which felt like a bye, 31 to nothing. But before that, they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they are a good football team. They have played some very close games against good football teams. And I think the Colts win on Saturday night. On Sunday, we have the Carolina Panthers and the Buffalo Bills. The Panthers will start P.J. Walker because Cam Newton is just awful. And Buffalo, they are looking pretty bad right now, losing to the Buccaneers the way they did, losing to the Patriots. they got to win this game, right? 7-6, and six, they're fighting for their playoff lives. This is the same team that went to the AFC Championship. But the problem with the Bills is they do not run the football. Devin Singletary only has 547 yards. I would like to see more Matt Breida. I hope that Buffalo runs the football with Matt Breida more matchup I like to see is Carolina's Stephon Gilmore going up against Stephon Diggs. Carolina does have some good corners, but Matt Ryan exposed those good corners last week, and Carolina is just a bad football team. I think Buffalo wins. The Arizona Cardinals taking on the Detroit Lions. Cardinals playing the Lions on a short week after losing to the Rams at home, lost their number one seed for the playoffs. They're now number three seed. The Lions got routed by the Denver Broncos last week. Lions are playing at home. I think this will be a lot closer. I would take the points here. I mean, Cardinals are favored by 13 points on the road. That's a lot of points to give up a team on the road. But I think the Cardinals win because they're trying to keep that lead on the division, having a game above the Rams. New York Jets and the Dolphins. Dolphins are still alive for the playoffs, and the Dolphins look pretty good. They've won five straight. They got a pretty easy schedule taking on the Jets and then the Saints next week. And then after that, they take on the Titans and the Patriots. So they've got to win these next two if they want to try to get into the playoffs. So I think the Dolphins win. Tua is fit in their system. The Dolphins had a COVID scare, and I'm not sure if Miles Gaskin is going to be out. Jalen Waddell is going to be out for this game. They've already lost Malcolm Brown to injured reserve. And Zach Wilson has had a tough season as a rookie. That was the one rookie quarterback that I thought was going to struggle the most because they don't have an offensive-minded coach. So I think the Dolphins win. All right, the Cowboys taking on the Giants in New York. This is a rivalry game. And before you say that the Cowboys should beat the Giants, remember that these NFC East teams beat each other up. Cowboys are favored by 10, and it's in New York. I don't think Daniel Jones starts. I think that Mike Glennon gets another start at quarterback. The Giants may not have Leonard Williams, And the Cowboys are getting healthier at the right time with Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons. He's the best defensive player in the league. I know he's only a rookie, but he is having an incredible year for the Cowboys. And I think the Cowboys win, but I think it's going to be a much closer game because of the rivalry factor. The Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles, two six and seven teams that are tied for that final playoff spot in the NFC. The Eagles are favored. They're playing at home. Who is going to be the starting quarterback? Is it going to be Jalen Hurts or Garner Minshew? The Eagles do have good players. And Coach Sirianni has done a great job in his first year. Washington is just struggling 
just to make plays because Chase Young is out. The game could go either way, but the Eagles are playing at home. They should win that game. The Tennessee Titans taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even though the Titans are slightly favored, the game is in Pittsburgh. I'm interested to see what type of Pittsburgh Steelers team shows up. The one that almost came back and beat the Vikings, or the the one that got blown out by the Vikings to start the game. And are they going to be snake-bitten by bonehead decisions by Chase Claypool? Ben Roethlisberger has said that he still feels that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a playoff team. Remember, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing record with the Steelers. If you look at their last five games, it's bad. Losing to the Vikings, even though they have a couple extra days to prepare for this game against the Titans. They beat the Baltimore Ravens, but they should have lost to the Ravens if the Ravens didn't get Mark Andrews for that two-point conversion. Got blown out by the Bengals, blown out by the Chargers, lost a close game to the Chargers, and then tied the Lions. That's been their last five. I don't think the Steelers are a good football team. Tennessee is trying to get healthy. They, they're they going to get Derrick Henry back. They're 9-4. and four. I see the Titans winning this game. But it could go either way. The Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars, both 2-11. and 11. The Jaguars do not have their coach, Urban Meyer. Houston was embarrassed by the Seahawks. Davis Mills back at quarterback for the Texans. I don't know where the Jaguars go from here without Urban Meyer. That situation was so toxic that the owner should have saw the red flags coming a mile away. Urban Meyer was a terrible NFL head coach, and now they have their interim coach coaching the Jaguars, and both teams are 2-11. and This is just for draft pick rights. The loser gets a better draft pick. Then you got the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Denver Broncos, both 7-6, and both fighting for a playoff spot. The Bengals are a good team. They should have beat the 49ers last week. But the 49ers were able to overcome and beat them in overtime. The Cincinnati Bengals have a very good weapon on the outside with Jamar Chase. The matchup I really like to see is Patrick Sertain going up against Jamar Chase. The Denver Broncos are a very good football team. They just got to figure out the quarterback. I think Teddy Bridgewater can ride the ship. Denver is playing at home. They're a much better team at home, and I think Denver wins. But both teams are just looking for the playoff spot. Seattle taking on the Rams. The Seahawks have won two straight. Russell Wilson is healthy. He's got something to prove. The Seahawks are not completely out of the playoff race. The Rams playing on a short week. They've already beaten the Seahawks once. This is a rivalry game. I think the Seahawks make it close, but the Rams get the victory here. The Fox NFL Game of the Week is the Green Bay Packers taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson is doing everything he can to play. But the Packers are playing on another level. They are playing like the best team in football. Their defense has improved. Jair Alexander, great cornerback. You got the Smith brothers, Preston Smith and Ladarius Smith, doing their thing. And the Packers, well, what can you say about Aaron Rodgers? He is playing like a man on a mission. He's always played with a chip on his shoulder. And the whole passive-aggressive attitude just doesn't fly with several coaches. He could not get along with Coach McCarthy. Now Matt LaFleur. I think the Green Bay Packers are starting to become the Philadelphia Eagles of the early 2000s. Just keep going to the NFC Championship games. I still think that they could reach the Super Bowl, but I would not be surprised if they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFC Championship or if they lose to the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC Championship. That's just what Green Bay does. There are reports that Aaron Rodgers is on the way out regardless if the Packers win the Super Bowl. 
that this will be his last year in Green Bay. He just doesn't want to be there. All right, the Atlanta Falcons and the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers are favored by 9.5. The 49ers are a very good team. They had injuries to start the season. After that loss to the Arizona Cardinals, and the 49ers were 3-5, and five, I felt that the season was over. Then, after beating the Rams on Monday Night Football and rattling off three straight wins, I felt like the Niners had the ingredients to get back to what they want to do, play physical defense and run the football. That Seattle Seahawks loss, they should have won that game, but they were without Debo Samuel. This is going to be a matchup. I think this 49ers-Falcons game is a mismatch for the Falcons. The 49ers just have too many weapons. Atlanta's defense has known for making ordinary quarterbacks look like pro bowlers. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have time to throw. Atlanta does not have a pass rush. And the 49ers offensive line is decent. Kyle Shanahan is trying to get revenge from losing that game to the Falcons two years ago. You don't think this game is in Kyle Shanahan's head, being the offensive coordinator for the Falcons in the Super Bowl? I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to implement a game plan to completely push the Falcons around and score points. Now, Matt Ryan is going to move the ball down the field on the 49ers. I think the 49ers have a bend-don't-break defense. The Falcons usually stall in the red zone. I see a situation where the Falcons will kick a field goal and the 49ers will get a touchdown. I'm also confident if the Falcons do jump on the 49ers and have a 21-3 lead, that the 49ers have enough to come back in the game. Every single game this season where the Falcons were up big, they let the team back into the game and it has been a one-possession game. My, oh, my, how the tables have turned. It was frustrating watching the Falcons and rooting for them. Now they're playing my team. And I know everything there is to know about the Falcons. I know their weaknesses. I know that they allow teams to come back into the game, and it's usually a one-possession game. Can the Falcons win? Yes, if the 49ers make turnovers. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes a mistake or throws a big pick. If the Falcons get a pick six. If... The Falcons' defensive line actually puts pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Let me ask you this. Who is going to cover George Kittle? The Falcons don't have anybody that can cover George Kittle. I think the 49ers blow the Falcons out. Then we talk about Monday morning, how the Falcons will just say, oh, this was a rebuilding year. We weren't expecting anything. Seriously, Falcons fans, what really has been your expectations of this season? This was supposed to be a rebuilding year. They have achieved all their goals by getting to this point at 6-7. and seven. And Arthur Smith has done a great job. But you're not going to have Calvin Ridley. Your defense is not good enough to slow down the 49ers' run game and put pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. So this is a mismatch. Sorry to say, it was a great season. You might have two more wins in you. But I think the Falcons finish 8-9. and nine. They almost make it into the playoffs, but they have something to hang their heads on for next season. I think they get better next season because they have the coach right. I whiffed saying that Arthur Smith was a good coordinator. He's not a good coach. That was in the beginning of the season when I didn't know anything about Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith is a good coach. He has proven it. A matchup to watch for, the 49ers really don't have strong corners, is the creativity. If Arthur Smith can get the ball to Cordell Patterson, the Falcons can hang with the 49ers. But that Falcons defense is just going to get shredded by that 49ers run game. I don't know the status of Elijah Mitchell. He might still be out. D. Ford is out for the season. 
Fred Warner's going to play. Not going to have Dre Greenlaw. May not have Al Shazier. But with a healthy Debo Samuel, it is hard to stop the 49ers. Even if Elijah Mitchell doesn't play, the 49ers are just going to put Debo Samuel in the backfield and just let him run. It must be nice being a 49ers fan living in Georgia because I could talk 49ers-Falcons all day and talk about these matchups. The Sunday night football game is the New Orleans Saints taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints are not a very good team. Whether it's Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill, they can't get the quarterback right. And the the coaching performance by Sean Payton this year is just about as funny as that movie that Kevin James is going to play and portray Sean Payton in. Because I thought that Sean Payton was this great, amazing head coach that it didn't matter who the quarterback was. Well, I was wrong. I knew that they were going to miss Drew Brees' leadership. Drew Brees is an intelligent, grown-up that led that team in the locker room and fired them up every single game, and I know they missed that. And the Monday night game, the Minnesota Vikings and the Chicago Bears. Technically, the Bears are still alive for the playoffs, but the Vikings want to win that game to save Mike Zimmer's job. It's pretty much the game between two coaches on the hot seat. So there you go. There's your NFL picks. I know I went a little long in the 49ers-Falcons, and that's because I have a lot of knowledge of both teams. I've attended every single 49ers-Falcons game that was played in Atlanta. i got to see the 2022 NFL schedule release because I think they play each other at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium next year. I will more than likely get tickets. The last game that I saw between the 49ers and the Falcons was 2016, the year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, and the 49ers were 2-14 and that year with Chip Kelly. Yeah, I talked a little bit about that on my show yesterday. I normally don't say this. I'm really looking forward to this weekend for college basketball. I know that college football, we got bowl games, and we're winding down the postseason in college football, but we have got some great college basketball games this weekend starting with Butler and Purdue it is a crossroads classic Purdue is ranked third two historic programs in Indiana and has Butler ever had a run like they did in 2009 and 2010 making it all the way to the championship game and should have won at least one of those championships with Gordon Hayward in his shot next you have Tennessee and Memphis Memphis is really looking good after beating Alabama and they play their interstate rival. These two teams are rivals in basketball. Would love to see them play in football, but they just don't. When I was living in Memphis, it was all about Memphis or Tennessee in basketball. Everybody in Memphis were Memphis Tigers fans, and then they were also Tennessee Volunteers fans for football. You have Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Gonzaga's 8-2. and two. That's actually a down year for Gonzaga because they usually go into the tournament with one loss or undefeated. And they take on a Texas Tech team that reached the championship game two years ago. Some of the other games, you got Georgia taking on George Mason. You got Indiana and Notre Dame, the Battle of Indiana. And you also have UCLA and North Carolina, two Blue Bloods playing on CBS at 3 p.m. That's always good. Georgia Southern is taking on Covenant, local team there in Georgia. USC taking on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is 5-4 and four on the season after losing to LSU. That's going to be on the Pac-12 network. It's in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Of course, that's going to be in Phoenix. Let's see. you got Providence and UConn, Ryder and Rutgers, Ohio State and Kentucky. 
two ranked teams. That's going to be the other game on CBS. You have Tacoa Falls taking on Georgia State. And Kennesaw State takes on Samford. This is a very intriguing game. Chattanooga taking on Murray State. Chattanooga is 9-2 on the year, and Murray State is 9-1. South Carolina and Clemson, that's a good rivalry. you got Jacksonville State taking on Alabama. Baylor, the number one team in the country, taking on Oregon. Oregon is 6-5, but they're playing in Eugene. Is Baylor on upset alert? Can Oregon upset the number one team in the country? All right, we have the NCAA Division II Championship on Saturday. This game is going to be on ESPNU. It's Valdosta State, 12-1 on the year, taking on Ferris State. This game will be played in McKinney, Texas. Valdosta State trying to win another Division II NCAA Championship. Their only blemish this year, they lost to West Florida by a score of 61 to 42. Every other game Valdosta State looked very impressive. Ferris State undefeated. So something's got to give. Hopefully the Blazers can get it done and get another championship for the state of Georgia. We have had a great show. It's been a long show, but there was a lot of sports I had to put out there. That is all the time I have on the show. I do want to thank all my listeners that has downloaded my podcast and liked and subscribed to my Facebook and Twitter page. Don't forget, I will be back on the air Monday to recap everything that happened over the weekend to include all the bowl games that are happening today and Saturday. So I hope everybody has a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.